0: One two one two. Well there it is. Okay.
1: Yeah. There you Meters there. registering. <laughs> that has to be it. What's your name
0: then? My name is Pete Brown. Pete Pete. And uh, I'm from Radio Station WXPN and we're here with Carl Perkins at the Bijou Cafe.
1: How you doing, Pete?
0: Alright, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine, fine, real good. Uh I'd like to go back, I've been going around and interviewing a lot of the major blues singers and rock singers in kind of my own personal way to document the scene, and uh, yeah. I've talked to George Jones and Muddy Waters, people like that, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd like to know, like, when you first uh, started playing, where your music came from.
1: Well, I started playing Pete uh, back about as far as I can remember. I was about five or six years old when I got my first guitar. and. Uh, Course, I liked uh, country music. I grew up on a cotton plantation in West Tennessee, but I also liked uh, I liked the black blues and I liked the uh, the spiritual Southern gospel spiritual music. So, what I did was try to play country music with a black man's rhythm, and it it came out as rockabilly music. Uh, but I've loved guitars all my life. I, ever since I can remember, I, I wanted me a guitar as a little kid, and finally got me a little cheap one, and I just lived with it in my arms. I love
0: it. Uh, could you talk a little about Memphis and the scene around uh, Sun Studios? I saw a picture of uh, you and uh, Elvis and Jerry Lewis and Johnny Cash standing around piano. Like, was there any, Was there a scene that went on, or was it...? Uh, well,
1: it was, it was a great era, it was a, uh, it was a great time. There was no jealousy at Sun Record Company, uh, between, say, Elvis, uh, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, Roy Orbison, Charlie Rich, uh, and myself. Uh, we were all poor boys, but poor, I mean poor. We didn't have nothing, you know, and, and everybody was, uh, was really wanting everybody else to do good, and there was no jealousy, uh, when one recorded, uh, it was nothing to look around and see Johnny Cash or, or Charlie Ritz sitting in the studio wishing you well. You know, it was that type of thing. Uh, it was one of the greatest labels, the uh, greatest atmosphere at 706 Union Avenue. It was a very small place, but there was a lot of, of, uh, a lot of devotion to what we were doing uh, individually, plus... Uh, Collectively, everybody was for Sun Record Company, and it we, we was kind of a little tight package down there for uh, a couple of years, yeah. Uh, was there ever any, like, jamming? Did you jam at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was done quite a bit. In fact, uh, you mentioned this picture of uh, Elvis, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee, and myself. There has now, in the last year, surfaced uh, hour and 15-minute tape of us singing and picking together uh it's in court in tennessee right now as to who actually owns that piece of tape uh this happened at a session of mine the the session that i recorded uh, matchbox and your true love and uh, my lawyers think because i paid for it that it might be mine uh of course, some other people, Shelby Singleton, who bought the, the Sun tapes, uh, feel like it's his, uh, so I don't really know. I do know that this album will be out pretty soon. Uh, yeah? yeah, I've got a copy of it, and it's not that bad at all. It's uh, it's it's better quality than I ever thought it was. I really didn't know, or did any of the guys know, that it was being recorded. But it's a strange thing, a an hour and 15 minutes and there's not a dirty word on it, and I don't want it. <laughs> but it's a jamming, talking, stopping songs and say, hey man, let's do it this way. But it's uh, it's Elvis as I have really never heard Elvis on record. Uh, uh, he's happy. You can hear the, the the dialogue in between the songs. We talk about uh, different things, but it's really uh, it's a it's a great collector's item, and i uh, my guitar plan is horrible on it because we were playing songs I never heard, you know, or songs that I've never tried to play. But that's beside the point. It it, it does exist. It will be out. I'd say sometime early next year. uh, uh what
0: were uh, what were the early uh, rock and roll tours like? You must have gone on a few of those,
1: right? Yeah, they were very exciting. Uh, the music. It was new. The kids were just eating it up. They, they were claiming it as their own music. And, but I really think that when the kids were coming to the sock hops and, uh, and to the rock and roll shows, I, I really sincerely believe that Mom and Dad was home trying to learn how to jitterbug to those same records. I never really thought that the kids were buying all of those millions of records back then. And I think time has proven that the older folks liked it, too. They just kind of rebelled against it a little bit because they first said it was uh, it was bad music, you know. They said it would entice our teenagers uh, wrong, but it really wasn't. It was music that made you feel good. They danced to it, and I I think time has proven that it was worth recording because it's, it's still around and never did leave, you know. Oh, I
0: agree entirely. Uh, you had a uh, considerable influence on the Beatles. You know, They did uh, quite a few covers of your songs. Uh, did you
1: ever meet them? Yeah, I did, Pete. I, uh, I met the Beatles in '63, just prior to them coming to America. In fact, uh, they invited me to the recording session and they recorded three of my songs that night. I was sitting in the studio when they recorded them. In fact, uh, uh, I wasn't playing on any of the things that was released, but uh, we did jam around and play a lot in the studio that night. And, uh, of course, they, I didn't know, but they knew all of my old songs. And uh, I must say, I I was very impressed with the Beatles before America really knew about the Beatles. I, uh, I, I was surprised that they did as well as they did but not entirely surprised. I, I knew they were very talented guys, individually and as a group too. Uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon are no question. History has to say they—they were a couple of best songwriters that ever came down a pipe. Uh, I think like uh, songs like "Yesterday," "Michelle," are masterpieces among many. But uh, those two are, are happen to be my favorite Beatles song. Plus, I like the way they did Matchbox, Honey (laughs) Don't, and Everybody's Trying to Be My Baby, yeah. Uh, Then you uh, were part of the Johnny Cash show for
0: a while, and uh, when you were with him, you wrote one of his biggest hits, Daddy Sang Bass. Uh, What was uh, touring with uh, Johnny Cash like? uh...
1: Well, it was a great experience. I I did work with with Cash for ten years. Johnny Cash and I, uh, back in the early days at Sun, I'd say was probably... Uh, we were the best of buddies there. I think I was closer to, say, John than I was uh, Elvis or uh, Jerry Lee, Charlie Rich, and the boys. Uh, Johnny Cash and I, in my background, kind of was parallel. He grew up uh, the son of a sharecropper, uh, picked up cotton in the fields. The Mississippi River divided us, but uh, our lives were so much alike that when I got to know John in '55, I, I really liked the dude. He was real quiet, uh, but he he would talk if he was talked to. He, uh, and I like that kind of man. Uh, I liked everybody's son, but I think, uh, probably uh, no question, Johnny Cash and I were even back then the best of friends, and uh, it kind of came by accident that I stayed with him for ten years. He. Uh, I'd had a shotgun accident, I almost blew my left foot away, and uh, John came by to see me at my home in Jackson, Tennessee, and uh, I'd been sitting around the cast for uh, four or five weeks, and I was kind of irritable, I'd broken a few crutches against the wall, and he said, man, come go with me, Uh, I'm going to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Atlanta, Georgia, and we'll come back through here and I'll bring you home. So I, I thought about it a few minutes, and I said, all right, I'll go. So I, with my crutches and my cast, I climbed on Johnny Cash's bus. He called me out on the stage, which I told him not to do, but that's John, you know. He he introduced me, and I did a couple of songs, standing out there with the cast on. And uh, on the way back from Atlanta, after the second day, he asked me would I join the show. He said, I'd love to have you, man. And... Uh, so uh, that I did, and it lasted 10 years. And it was 10 great years. I played before literally millions of people that I wouldn't have gotten the chance to play before. Plus, I was in the company of one of, I consider one of the greatest men in the music business. Johnny Cash is a humanitarian, a very uh, charitable man. He's concerned about the, the poor, the, the downtrodden people of this country and does a lot more than his printing. Uh, he, he's a fine dude. We need a lot more like him. I, I love the man, I really do. And, uh, well, back to uh, Sun for just a second. Th-
0: could you talk about maybe why so many of the original Sun artists uh, seem to wind up recording, at least in Nashville when uh, originally it was uh, out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and do you think uh, that the uh, Memphis sound has had an effect on the Nashville sound, and maybe vice versa?
1: Well, I think one of the main reasons that the Memphis boys left the, uh, the Sun stable uh, was because uh, of better contracts, better deals. You know, we started there, and we loved it. It was the first place we recorded, but uh, bigger labels paid better money, so they all of the big labels recorded in nashville tennessee and that's why everybody wound mm-hmm. up recording there but yeah i think uh i think the memphis uh sound uh definitely is eased into nashville and vice versa well you, your new record you certainly get back to like both sounds
0: you know it's certainly uh more uh that definitely back to straight ahead rock and roll than well, some of the stuff you put out on uh columbia
1: i uh I appreciate you noticing that, Pete, I do, because that is what, that's what I want to be, that's what I've always been. I was uh, recorded, I always felt, uh, uh, on a lot of, <clears throat> pardon me, a lot of labels who really didn't know what to do, or how to do, how to record me. I think now with Felton Jarvis uh, producing me, Felton knows my limitations are my capabilities and i think the combination uh, if i'm ever going to sell any records again i think it's going to have to be carl perkins with his guitar and his rockabilly beat and i couldn't be happier about it because i'm getting to do what i want to do now and uh... the deal i have with jet records is i make the albums and send them the tapes they don't take from or add to and that an artist couldn't ask for a better deal than that because it gives me a chance to write my songs and do what I want to do and that's what I'm gonna do in the future it's gonna be rockabilly music it's that's yeah. what I've always that's what I have wanted to do it, it seems to be a
0: great me. resurgence of interest in that at the moment a lot of well yeah out,
1: but uh, I see a lot of rockabilly collections coming oh out, yeah so. yeah this Pete is the last night of a five and a half weeks tour for me. I started this tour started in San Francisco, California, uh, the twenty-first of last month. And I've been to San Francisco, Palo Alto, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Cleveland, Detroit, Washington, New York, and now Philadelphia. I have noticed in all of the cities, uh, a definite feel not only from the audiences that I played to but from just talking to people DJs and different all of these cities everybody's saying that this kind of music is getting played again and it's being recorded again more simple because as I said earlier it really has never left they dressed it up a lot in the last ten years put a lot of sounds uh, on it uh, but the beat's always basically been there. And, and I think maybe it's simplifying itself back to the point where uh, if a young man wants to get in the business, he don't have to have $50,000 worth of electrical switches and amplifiers to be able to play like Carl Perkins. I hope that maybe it will simplify itself. It'll be good for the business because more kids will want to learn how to play because he won't, you know, he be wants to buy him a little simple guitar. He can definitely learn how to play as good as I play, uh, and I don't think it's been hardly fair for him to try to duplicate what he's heard on some of the records when the cat that put it on the record couldn't <laughs> do it if he didn't have uh, twenty-five thousand dollars worth of electronics. So maybe it's simplifying itself back to the basics. Uh, I hope it I hope it is maybe if for no other reason but that it will it will help our business. Uh, 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 there's no question about this There's going to be some youngsters come on who say I can learn to do that too. And that's that's good. If you heard of this uh is this
0: local group around here called George Thurgood and the Destroyers? I have.
1: Yes, I have. And yeah. uh, and they play the old basic yeah,
0: rock and roll. they are just about little Fender Princeton amplifier right. and stuff. They it's just used to play right down here in a bar, you know, oh, a couple really? of years ago. Yeah. Well,
1: that's good. That, that says uh, that it is easing back a little bit, and I, I, I see it happening all over the country. It's very, very big in England. It's big in Europe all over. I just was over there back in April, and uh, I was there for two months, and uh, I was all over Sweden, Norway. Crowd's tremendous. Reception just couldn't have been better. And it's happening in America. I really feel that it's uh, it's it's maybe easing back, and I hope so. Well, your new record, you do a lot of covers and a lot of uh,
0: new versions of, of your hits and stuff. And uh, now that it seems, you know, you have a good recording deal and everything, do you mm-hmm. plan to take it from here and get back into oh, yeah. some of your own stuff? Yeah,
1: I have just, before I left on this tour, we, I, I cut a new album. This album will be released in England next month. It's scheduled for release in November, uh, and there's uh, six brand-new songs on there, and there's three songs that Elvis Presley would have done had he lived. Felton Jarvis were hol- was holding them for Elvis and gave them to me, and they're three really great songs. A couple of them are, are really good rockers, and one of them is a thing called Miss Misunderstood. That I'm, uh, I'll do it tonight on the show uh, if you're you're here, I want yeah, you to I'll be here. Pay, take, pay attention to it. It's a good song, it really is. Okay, well, Carl Perkins, it's great to see you in Philly. And Thank best you, man. luck to you. My pleasure. Thank you, Pete.